Hey, everybody, if you are listening to this episode on November 12th, the day of release, I want you to go over to the Laura Timbrook Instagram page. On my story, there is a poll. I want to know if you think Reiki is real or a sham. I'll be sharing the results on my Instagram page, but I'd love for you to be able to do this before you listen to today's episode. All the nutrition information out there today, everything's conflicting, completely confusing. How are we supposed to be healthy if even the experts can't agree? This is Outspoken Nutrition. I'm your host, Laura Timbrook, and we're going to break it all down. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Today, we're discussing Reiki. There are so many alternative therapies out there, and it's really hard to decipher which ones are real, which ones are fake, how can you implement it, because all the information out there is wild. There seems to be no middle ground. It's either Reiki can heal every part of you, or Reiki is a sham. So we're going to take a dive into Reiki. We're going to take a look at what the research has to say, what Reiki is. This way, you have the information to decide if Reiki is right for you. Before we get started, I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. I am a certified Reiki master. I practice personally and with friends. It's not something I advertise, something that's very private and personal for me. But I want to give you a little bit of background on how I got to Reiki. Because actually when I found Reiki, I was falling out of love with the holistic community, with alternative therapies. But I want to tell you, I ended up taking a Reiki one class because I didn't believe. Because I wanted to prove to myself that it was all a bunch of bullshit. So I ended up having a friend of mine running a Reiki one class. And I was like, you know what? let's go see because I was in this mindset of everything was bullshit. And I went to the Reiki one class and when I got there, the teacher said to all of us, I want you to put your address into your GPS. Now I am five minutes from my house. I do not need a GPS. But she said this and did I do it? Of course I didn't do it. So after my first Reiki attunement, I get in my car, I go to go home. Now my, I am like five minutes away. It took me 30 minutes to get home. I ended up on the other side of town. So that was like the first, like, huh, maybe there's something to this. Now I can tell you in the next week kind of followed suit. I forgot purses at home. There is a funny story that I took my friend out to lunch. If you're a fan of two and a half men, I totally pulled an Allen. I took her out to lunch and totally forgot my wallet at home. It was just things like this that happened that entire week and a half. We did Reiki 2 and Reiki 2 is more about doing Reiki on people. And I had more similar experiences where I, I don't even know how to explain. And and I found it powerful for what it was. It definitely opened me up a little bit to see and feel and have a different perspective on things. But it also offered the people I was working on this sense of relaxation, of connection, of care, of empathy. It, you know, it was like a big warm grandma hug. That's what I loved about it. And that's why I continued pursuing it. And that's still how I use it today. If I see a friend hurting or needing something, something, I will often ask them if I can do some Reiki on them. I generally practice distant Reiki, which is a whole nother level of woo-woo, I will admit it. But we're going to talk about all of that. So let's just go ahead and break down what is Reiki. Reiki is Japanese energy healing. Essentially, it's working off the premise that everything around us is energetic. So we just want to talk about energy for a moment, because this is where I know a lot of people, when I talk to them about Reiki, they get stuck. It's kind of like, 
like, well, what is this? Living in Avatar? Like we connect our hair to the tree of life and we get all this memories and things like that. And not quite. What it really is, and I, I like to use the example of when you walk into a room and sometimes you walk into the room and the energy in the room is just depressive. Or maybe you walk into a room and it's the energy is exciting. That is essentially energy. Our whole entire body runs off of energy. Our whole universe runs off of energy from the tides and even how we measure our heart when we do an EKG. This is all energy. So really energy is all around us. It's not really a woo-woo concept. Some people have taken it to a far off realm, but for the most part, everything is energy. And I think so many of us can feel it when we are around somebody that's in a negative space. All of a sudden you walk away from them and you're in a crappy mood. Well, it's because their energy messed with your energy field and now you're both in a crappy mood essentially. So that's really what when we talk about energy and a Reiki practitioner has the ability to kind of pull in the positive energies around us and transform them and bring them into a person or an object that they're working with. Now I know it sounds woo-woo, but I say if you think this sounds crazy, go have Reiki done. I think it's something you have to experience to really understand. Now there are some wild claims on Reiki and we're going to talk about them a little bit. From the energy standpoint, generally anybody I have ever done Reiki on has felt, they felt kind of like I said, that warm big grandma hug. It just allows you to relax a little bit. So when we talk about what Reiki is, and you heard me talk a minute about different levels of Reiki and different attunements. So essentially when you go to become a Reiki practitioner, you work with a Reiki master and they help open you up to these fields and they generally do it in three sections. You have Reiki one, which is really used for self-healing. It's for people to allow them to just help heal themselves. Reiki two gives you some symbols. I know this is going to get real woo-woo here for a minute. They give you some symbols and they also teach you how to do distant Reiki. And let me tell you, it's about as woo-woo as it comes, but somehow it fucking works. (laughs) And then you have Reiki three, which is your master where you're given the final symbols. I know, really woo-woo. And you go for on that. Now, when it comes to the symbols, I still have a hard time with the symbols. And I think really what the symbols are is that high level intention. When we talk about intentions, if you ever have read any business book on how to make money, they always talk about setting intentions. And this is essentially what Reiki is doing. You are setting intentions with these symbols that it puts you in a mindset to say, okay, this is really my intention. So, you know, I know there's probably going to be a bunch of Reiki practitioners that are going to send me a little bit of hate mail on this. But really for me, I think the symbols are less important and it's more the intention you are putting into a set. So those symbols, those chants, I think it gives you that intention of what you're doing. So it kind of magnifies you building that intention into your client and what you are there for. So, you know, that's kind of my balanced approach to, you know, the whole symbol and chanting thing, you know, and I've had Reiki sessions where they don't really use them. That's why I'm saying I think it's kind of an intention thing. What works for somebody might not work for somebody else. So, you know, that end of it is really interesting. But let's 
let's get down to what the science says. Because when we look at Reiki, Reiki is utilized in hospitals. Actually, there has been studies on Reiki. It is really utilized within the medical community. It's utilized really in two ways and where the science is there to kind of support it. And I say kind of because there have been studies that conflict other studies. But really, when we look at it, it's usually used for anxiety and, you know, just calming ourselves. And it's used for pain management. And this is where we see it a lot in hospitals. We see it a lot being used on chemotherapy patients or patients that are addicted to drugs. Something where that pain, that anxiety is overwhelming and there is a sense of relaxation. And there is so many resources in the show notes on different things. But one of the things I did want to talk about is this one study that I found pretty interesting. So if you go to the show notes, it actually says rat study. Now in the page when you open it, there's a bunch of different studies. So you have to scroll down. I think it's kind of like halfway through the page. And then it talks about them using Reiki. And what I like about this these studies is they actually did Reiki with a certified practitioner. They did sham Reiki, which was an actor pretending to do Reiki. And then they just used like, um, you know, a placebo, which was kind of maybe meditation or just music playing and things like that. So the one rat study, so when rats are exposed to noise, they have microvesticular damage. They found that when they were treating the rats with Reiki, the damage was significantly less than the placebo group and the sham Reiki group. And they did this three times and it was the same results. So it really does show that there's something, something we don't quite understand, but there was less damage. There was less vesticular damage done due to the noise when Reiki was used, which I think for me was kind of one of the studies when I was reading that really kind of made a measurable difference. Now they had a lot of other studies with people with anxiety and pain. Most times it showed that it did work at some level. Sometimes it showed it didn't. It was interesting that most of the time between Reiki and the sham Reiki, the Reiki worked more. And I think that was interesting because sometimes I often wondered myself if somebody were to practice Reiki that did not go through the entombment process, but still had the intention, would it still work? And the answer is kind of no. That attunement, heaven knows what's really happening, but it does make a difference. And I think that's interesting. Now, there's a lot of claims out there that Reiki can hear heal cancer, that it can fix autism, that there are some wild claims with Reiki. And I think we need to take them as wild claims. You know, would it hurt to have Reiki done if you're going through cancer treatments? No, I don't think, I think that's the biggest thing to take away from this. There isn't a downside of Reiki. No study has ever showed negative effects to Reiki. And I think that goes for the same for everything. If you have the ability to maybe make something a little bit better, why not give it a try if you're in that situation? that you might be fighting for your life. But do I think you should avoid medical treatment and go with only Reiki? Hell no. I think that is a big mistake because I think it is used in conjunction with other therapies. Kind of think of it as like a magnifier. It can help other therapies, but I don't think that should be our main form of therapies. And if you're a Reiki practitioner out there and you're saying that Reiki can cure cancer, you can cure all these things, you're setting the Reiki community up to be the next 
snake oil. We need to embrace Reiki for what it is and how amazing it can be. Now, it doesn't ma- mean that everybody that has ever done Reiki has some amazing mind-opening experience. But I can tell you more that when I deal with clients that I will give them feedback about their session and every time I always hear, I can't believe you knew that. So let me talk a bit about distant Reiki because this is going to sound real woo-woo and I agree with you wholeheartedly. So sit down. If you're driving the car, you might want to pull over because you might be yelling at the screen on me. So distant Reiki is essentially where you can get a picture and a name. The practitioner kind of goes into a meditative state with the intention that they're trying to connect to this person and you bring their energy in. I know it sounds so woo-woo. Then you just perform Reiki on them as you would if they were in person now, because I, when I do distant Reiki, I I find it easier if I'm using, I have a big teddy bear in my office that I use and that becomes that energy of the person and I go through the hand motions um, as if I were treating a person in front of me. And the crazy thing is when you're in that meditative state, sometimes you get messages, you hear sounds, you see colors, pains in certain bodies, you get some kind of feedback from that energy. And a lot of times you can put that in notes. I've also done Reiki on people where I specifically specifically put the intention out there, not get any messages because maybe for me, they were too close to me. Maybe it was a family member and it just felt intrusive for me to be getting messages. So you can do it either way. I mean, it's really about your Reiki practice, how that Reiki practitioner runs it. But I can tell you when I was training for my Reiki too, I met a woman and I've never met her in my entire life. She had this younger picture of her son. It was maybe like one of those, I don't know, ninth grade school pictures. She wanted distant Reiki done on her son. So I was doing distant Reiki on her son. Now I never met her before. I knew nothing about this woman other than she was in a Reiki session with me. I kept seeing like flashes of saving private Ryan. Well, at the end when I told her this, which was really awkward to tell her that you're doing Reiki on her son and you're seeing images of like the movie Saving Private Ryan. And her son was in the military and currently serving overseas. And I was dumbfounded. I have no explanation on how any of this worked, but it did. And I have done hundreds of people with distant Reiki and it's generally the same thing. I have had distant Reiki done on myself. And a lot of the times when that distant Reiki is done on me, because I never know when the practitioner is going to do the distant Reiki, they just do it. Generally after it's done, I will have some kind of feeling throughout the day when that Reiki was done, because all of a sudden you kind of get this warmth over you. Now that just might be me. But when I've talked to other clients are like, you know, it's funny because I was in a fight with so-and-so and and suddenly I felt a little bit more calm and relaxed. There's generally something now, it could totally be that placebo that they think they felt something and that's quite fine too. I mean, placebo is real. We have, we put placebos in studies because the placebo effect is that strong. So, you know, there's all these different things, but when it comes to Reiki, so the one last thing I want to touch on before we close out this episode is I want to talk about what does a Reiki session actually look like? Well, a lot of times Reiki sessions can be offered alongside of massage therapy already. So if your massage therapist is also a Reiki practitioner, she can work with the Reiki energy at the time of massaging. But for anybody that's not a massage therapist and doing Reiki, really Reiki is similar to massage. You lay down on a table, you will be fully clothed, or it could be done in a chair. And the practitioners will generally either lay their hands 
on you or right above. And it goes through your chakra systems and we going down the line and then we close out the session. But each practitioner can do things a little bit different. Some of them veer off from the main chakra points and go to other areas. Sometimes the Reiki practitioner just feels that maybe you need Reiki in the hands or maybe really focusing more on the shoulders. So the practice of Reiki is very intuitive and every Reiki practitioner is a little bit different. You know, for me, Reiki is personal. It is something that I think does help in calming us in, might also help the body heal a little bit faster because we're calming, we're removing that stress. We know stress is a big factor in how people heal. So if we could reduce that stress, can our bodies potentially heal quicker? Yeah. Do I think Reiki is going to cure cancer? No, I don't think it will, but I think it's a great way of stacking the cards in our best interest. So next time someone says, hey, would you like a Reiki session? And it's not like $150 or something ridiculous, try it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think, I hope this gave you a little bit more information on what Reiki is, what it isn't. And listen, if Reiki doesn't feel right for you, don't do it. If you're interested in Reiki, you can find a Reiki practitioner. Ask your friends. I would really recommend if you're looking for a Reiki practitioner, ask people that you know on how they are, because I think there's some good Reiki practitioners. But then I also think there are some Reiki practitioners that aren't real Reiki practitioners and are trying to jump on the bandwagon of a popular alternative therapy. So I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to eat your effing veggies. I'll talk to you all next week.